What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of College News Fit to Digest. Every week we pick a few news items relating to US colleges and discuss it with our own Shweta Bagade. Alma Matters curates the news daily relating to US colleges and makes it available on almamatters.io/news. We pick a few news items from that curated list and discuss it every week here in these podcasts. Now, without further ado, on with the podcast. Well, talking of April, um I think all the kids have their acceptances or not and colleges have started talking about acceptance rates and in a lot of cases not telling us what their rates are. Um so how do you think the season went? Well, <laughs> I I laugh because you know, when you look at these you know they have a new term floating around for these schools the highly rejective schools not just the ivies even a lot yeah. of these ultra yeah. schools like stanford northwestern you know rice uh vanderbilt schools like that they their admission rates are just you know constantly dropping and it's looking like it's just going to keep going in that direction if students keep applying to all the same schools yeah and that that's definitely part of the problem. And then the predictability is goes out the window. If, you know, like it, one of the articles, I think Tufts, another highly rejected school, you know, 9% of their students that apply get in, mm-hmm. which means you, you can't even predict if you have a chance of getting in because they're going to be looking honestly, at a microscopic level of the students that they're looking at very closely, especially Mm -hmm. because a lot, I'm finding a lot of these students do really impressive things, you know, researching professors and creating their own nonprofit and fundraising of a hundred thousand dollars for their nonprofit and, you know, winning national titles for sports or competitions mock trials all these different things they're super impressive and they're still not getting in to these schools there's just a lot of things that are happening here and you know there's so many other schools than these that are available that have great opportunities for students to do well you're going mm-hmm. to get a great education at these schools. These are all accredited schools. They all have professors from all over the U.S. or even internationally. It's I think students lose sight and they get caught up and their families. The media plays into it. These rankings play into it. So it's just a lot happening and it's crazy. What I find really interesting is the you know a lot of the schools are starting to publicize their acceptance rates for this year Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. harvard is at 
just over 3%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their record number of applicants and blah, blah, blah. But then there's schools like, I think, I know Princeton for sure, and I believe Penn mm-hmm. are at least two of the schools that have opted not to publicize their acceptance rates because they yeah. they believe by doing that, it's downplaying their selectivity. Mm-hmm. But we know they're selective. They were selective before this year. They're going to yeah. continue to be highly selective. And so by not publicizing it, I'm not really sure they're accomplishing what they want to accomplish. Yeah, uh, it's not clear to me at all. I mean, uh, and, and people will triangulate and eventually something will come out. So, it, you know, I, no, really, the, the, the point in all this is that, um, you know, as long as the denominator keeps growing, you know, the number of applications, um, it's these numbers are going to keep going down and it doesn't really mean anything. They're taking the same number of people or students and, um, you know, none of these have changed significantly. And so, you know, I was talking to one of the college counselors from one of the schools and it seems like the parents and the students really um, do want to apply to those you know, highly talked about schools, right? The selective schools. And there is really no, um, you know, and then people are free to do so. So that's number one. And without, and I think that what they're all finding is that without having the threshold of the standardized tests, you know, good, bad, or ugly, the um, folks feel, hey, I have a shot, right? And then there's great inflation. And so, you know, 4.0 here and 4.0 at another school may not be the same, but it's 4.0 or 4.7 or 4.5, whatever the number. Whatever is. it is, yeah. And so I think, I think the challenge is I mean, the, a multiple levels, and everybody does want to get into these schools, but I think there's not enough education about anything beyond the top 30 or whatever number of schools, um, and it's really difficult to for counselors to convince parents and the students that there are lots of good schools outside of that inner group of whatever number, you know, 30, 50, whatever you want to pick or a hundred. So, yeah, I mean, I I think, I think it's a real challenge and it is, it maybe requires more education and more uh, information and more promotion. I don't know what it needs, but, (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, it's it's all of the above to show what is there, right? And 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 I think I think there's also a other problem is that I don't think that um, there is enough discussion around what kind of college is a good match or fit for a student. I mean, you know, you guys talk to the students and the students so go through that, but I think they still have these other. Um, you know, wildcard schools that which are sort of the selective ones that they do want to apply to, and so that spikes the number of applications. Um, anyway, I, I think I think this is something that is going to be around um, as long as there yeah. are brand brands and you know names that people want to be at. So no, and I'll I'll add one thing. I know the test optional piece definitely 
you know, spiked up the number of applicants because they feel like they have a chance or their scores don't reflect their grades. Like they could have a 4.0, but maybe not test well for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Um, As that piece of it starts to settle out, I'm hoping it will, the, these focuses on these very selective schools will also kind of start to flatten out, maybe even drop a little bit. But until families and students start to recognize that there are other schools out there besides these like 30, 40 plus colleges in the U.S., we have thousands of colleges in this country. Um, it, it should be interesting how this continues on for sure. So talking about the test optional piece, um, so MIT um, just reinstated the SAT, ACT scores for their, as part of their requirements for next year. And, you know, what does that mean? So, you know, they, they give some interesting reasons of why they're um, going back to the test requirement. Uh, one of them, I believe I read, is that they felt like the test scores could help them identify students who are, you know, at a dis- socioeconomically disadvantaged, which I thought was interesting because it's only been, it's not like this has been going on for five or six years where yeah. they have that collection of data. It's only been two admission cycles. Yeah. And the second admission cycle is just finishing up right now. So I, I would love to see some data behind some of the things they're talking about, like how they're able to identify those students. Um, But they view the test score as a part of their process and that it is going to be a little bit more, um, I think the, the word they use was equitable and transparent. So I was like, well, let's see what happens. And in the meantime, their neighbor, you know, not too far away, Harvard, is continuing going test optional, I believe, for two more admission yeah. cycles. And what I read was it's because they want to see, they want to look at the data. They want to see those same students graduate. Like, did they graduate? Did they graduate on time? Um, were they successful in their endeavor through Harvard, like the student who did submit the score, kind yeah. of. So I, I appreciate what Harvard's trying to do. I'm a little surprised MIT being such a tech-focused school is not doing more of that, but that's how it, they're ready, and I guess they have enough information to move forward. The third item and the last item for today is um, maybe not that much of a surprise. Uh, more <laughs> international students want to stay back and work um, after graduation. Um, I guess they worry about whether they can get a job or not. But um, what about that? I mean, you know. Well, I think with everything being as it is with the uncertainty, um, getting visas, all these different things that come into play. And COVID has really highlighted some of those issues that can become big issues for these international students. They, 
their concerns are legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like from this article, it's they're kind of coming in thinking it's all going to be very straightforward and easy almost. Mm-hmm. And it, they are not taking advantage of the resources that are available to them. And the schools, the universities themselves are not supporting them in the way that they need to because they're, they're job hunting um, experience for, you know, finding a career after they graduate. is going to be different from somebody who is a resident here. Sure. And sure. so they should be doing a little bit more of that as well. But it's not surprising that they have concerns. I would, I would be concerned as well, just intuitively, just everything that's happening and all the things that are going on. It's, I can see that, their concerns about is it worth it for me to come to this country for the education if I can't get the job here too yeah I mean you know um, U.S. is still the number one destination by all the applications over the last 12 months as well so even during these pandemic times so um, you know so there's there's that but I think um the opportunity that you get, I mean, at the, you know, the, the country itself that we also can get by having these students hang around and do stuff, uh, take advantage of their presence. I mean, I think that that is going to really be good for us. And plus, you know, at this point in time, we are short of skills and talent. I mean, there, there are more jobs and not enough people to do them. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think their understanding of placement is challenging. So they're, they're coming from a different perspective. I agree. We, the international students provide that um, different approach, the diversity that you're looking for, almost that global outlook to is valuable for any company to take advantage of that. But international students do pay a premium to come to this country for education Mm-hmm. So it's in their best interest to kind of make sure they're getting their kind of bang for their buck. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Shweta Bagade on this week's College News Fit to Digest. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College matters. Alma matters. matters.